This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What's up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. The pain, the passion, the podcast. My name is Craig. Some people call me Axe. And on the other mic is Barry. This is season three. And it is episode 17. This is Randy from Los Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Russell. This is Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Manny from Stanford. Calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. What is up, Barry motherfucking D? It's been a while. Yeah, we, we were doing like a consistent weekly podcast, like every, like literally every seven days, and we waited a couple of days because this fucking West Coast trip screwed us all up. We are doing it. We are still doing a consistent weekly podcast. Right, but not exactly Just seven two days. Two days what? later than normal. Right, nine days uh, since the last one. I mean, Fizdale was Fizdale was the coach the last podcast we did. That's how long it's been, yeah. A lot has happened. We got a lot of lot to talk about. The other podcasts we're doing like emergency podcasts. Please. And here I'm, we are nine days well, after it all. Come on. <laughs> emergency podcast. You know, uh, Przingis going down with a yes. career-changing injury is an emergency podcast. Przingis getting traded out of nowhere. What felt like out of nowhere. You know, yes. was a emergency, emergency situation. Podcast. Yes. But when your team is, you know, was four and seventeen or four and eighteen, whatever their record was, the day that the hammer came down on Fisdale, and everybody knew it was coming, everybody was speculating that it was a matter of seconds, minutes, hours, days that it was going to happen, and then it did happen. I don't call that an emergency. Where were you when Fisdale was fired? I was standing in my kitchen. <laughs> is that something you'll remember for the rest of your life? <laughs> no, hell no. I was at work, swamped. As always. And the guy who sits like across from me was like, hey, Craig, some people call you Axe. Did you hear? <laughs> did you hear? The, did you hear the Fizdale news? And he was like, he's fired. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I went about my day. Yeah, I know. By the way, I don't think we should be required to do podcasts on West Coast trip weeks. Oh, this is like the last thing I want to fucking be doing right now. Sandwich between two West Coast games. I know. These games that I... You know how many crispy, Rice Krispie treats I have to eat to even attempt to stay awake for these games? Yeah, and you got to just get yourself in the mindset. Like, normally you're like... Or at least me. I normally go to bed at 10 o'clock, you know? So for a game for a game night that's either starting at 10 or 10.30, I got to get my brain in the mindset. Like, instead of winding down, I'm first going to be starting my <laughs> game like after I'm ready to go to bed. It's like... Dude, it's impossible. I, I, I eat my dinner by like 9 and the kids are in bed. And then you have to sit and wait for an hour and a half for the fucking game to start. Yeah. Well, this trip, I I watched the first halves that night, and then the following day, I watched the rest of the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. You know. It's, I, otherwise, it's I've, crazy. I've been falling asleep in the middle of the first quarter for every game. And then, yeah, the next day, while you have that downtime before the next game, trying to watch as much as you can. Yeah. Well, I've missed you. It's been too long. 
Oh, that's sweet. I mean, even though I don't want to be doing this, it is it is like therapy. Is it? You know? Yeah. I have my actual therapy on Wednesday nights. That was okay. last night. How's that going? You know, I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking about, I, I'm starting to think it's not working. So the, pa- the past couple times I've gone in, like last night I go in, I just worked a whole day, just got off the train, race over. There. Every, by the way, every time I go to therapy, I have to bring the copay, right? They don't take a credit card. Right. So I get stressed just, so I go to therapy for stress and anxiety, <laughs> anger management, all that shit. <laughs> and meanwhile, the appointment itself. <laughs> meanwhile, just getting up. the copay. And and she never has change. So every week, so like last week, I had to pay. It's a fifteen dollars copay. I had to pay twenty bucks last week because she doesn't have change. But then the next week, I have to pay ten. But I have to, so I have to get a twenty dollars bill. Then I have to fucking go buy something at the supermarket or somewhere really quick just to get a ten dollars bill. Right, dude. It that gets me angry. So then I finally get there. I'm late because I'm trying to get these ten dollars, which is ridiculous. There. Because I mean, she only take. It's a she, right? Yeah, so you can she have a little bit of change in the room. Yeah, she only takes cash. I mean, I know she's not a fucking convenience <laughs> or store. Or do a check, but come on. You know, I don't expect her to have a cash register inside, you know, next to the couch and her pad, but she should have change. I mean, that's her job is collecting $10 from everybody. You'd think she would have a stack of 10s in there. Be prepared. Dude, it drives me crazy. How is it your I... responsibility yes, to come with exact you. change? I, I get in and she knows I've got ish- my own issues and I'm like, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> You know, the train was running late, and then I, to, I was like, it's so hard finding $10. And she looked at me like, shut up. She's not, she wasn't sympathetic at all. No. No compassion. No compassion. Then we sit down. I sit down. She's in her chair. I'm in, on the stupid little couch. And we're just staring at each other because I'm just like, I'm annoyed about the $10. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's just looking at me, and she, I'm looking at her, and she's like, all right, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, and I'm just getting angry. Just start. I'm already angry. I'm getting angry having the conversation. I don't know, Barry. I feel like this is the only place I can truly be honest. Right here with me. Right here with you. Wow. Because with her, I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, honestly, the only things I want to talk about right now are the 10 fucking dollars. The fact that you're making me angry because I have to sit here and I have to somehow lead the conversation every week. And that's fucking hard. Yeah. What am I paying you for? And honestly, some weeks like this week, I just want to talk like... And I don't know if I'm allowed to, or if she's going to laugh at me, but I, the Knicks make me miserable most of my time as well. Right, but you don't want to think <laughs> you know, that you're crazier than you are. It's not but... just work and life. Am I being truthful to my therapist if at some point I don't bring up the Knicks? Probably not. So that's why I'm like, I don't know if it's working. Because I can't really talk. That's at least half of my anger. Right. If How... the Knicks weren't this fucking brutally bad and, and frustrating year after year... I'd probably be so much happier, but I can't talk about that with her. How long have you been seeing this one? Not that, like three months, maybe. Okay. Aren't they supposed to fucking take notes, by the way? On, on all the shows, they take notes. When she was like, what do you want to talk about? I was like, I don't know. Where did we leave off last time? And she was like, I don't know. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is your job? <laughs> My pay? You're getting paid for this. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't know. It's a lot of shit going on. I think this relates to the Knicks a little bit. Did I tell you about my car, our car? No. Volkswagen, we, who we lease a car from, we haven't had the car for like two months now because for like the past like six, seven, eight months, the smell developed, this odor. What kind of smell? I don't know. I, it was just, it was disgusting. From day one? No. It, it's like a year after we started leasing it. Oh. And I thought like my kid spilled something or spilled some milk. 
and it just, we couldn't get out. I kept getting it cleaned. It would never get out. I removed everything from the car, nothing. And then like my mom would start, my parents would be like, you you, you guys smelled, they started telling us that we smelled weird when we got out of our car. And so this started to get attached to us and we didn't even realize it. Have I been smelly lately, Barry? With the times where you see me? Uh, no. Okay. Well, that's, that's a relief. Um, <laughs> so even when I brought it to the, to the service center to get it checked out, because we were driving in the pouring rain, dude, and water started dripping down on my head while we were driving. And I oh, look up man. and the entire ceiling is like damp. So for like eight months or so, we've had a water leak coming through our sunroof somehow. Oh, And it's no. been, it was growing fungus in the ceiling. Oh, jeez. And we're driving around like that. Here I give you a hard time about the, the, the floors in your house and letting your kids sleep in, the, in there. I'm driving yeah. around my kids in a, in a, in a mold car. <laughs> and by the way, I relate it to the Knicks because, you know, for a while we didn't even like notice the smell. It was so gradual and I thought it was something else. I didn't think it was that bad. And then people started to notice it. I feel right. like that's what's been going on with the Knicks, dude, and Fisdale. And like this Perry Mills regime, even just the Knicks in general. And I spoke about this on the last podcast. Like I'm finally woken up to just how bad we are as a franchise. But by the way, Volkswagen is buying back our car. Yeah. And paying me back all the lease payments we've made. Oh, that's good. Which is good. Which is like two years of lease payments. Yeah. So that's over. Now, see, I don't think the Knicks are going to start paying you back for... No, the but they should be. And they should the be. Time spent watching this <laughs> miserable franchise. That's actually a great point. Because how much time have we wasted? How many therapy sessions have we gone to? Where I don't even talk about the root of my problem. How many tickets have we bought? How many nights have we spent? How many, how many times have we not spent time with our family to be with this miserable fucking team? We can't. We can't demand our money back. Or to, can we sue? No. You know, can we sue, most, can most, we sue the most, organization? For most products, you would be able to. I don't know about suing, but at least most products have a customer service department that you could call and complain to. They, you know, they stamp it on the box. Call with your, your questions or your comments. I'm sure we call them and say you're disappointed. That's what Twitter is for now, by the way. Yes. Maybe we should open. A, is there a lawyer out there who listens to the show who would like to lead us and all Knicks fans in a lawsuit against the <laughs> Knicks organization? Just step up, right? Could you get behind that? Um, I need to. I, I I need to hear a little bit more, like the damages that I'm claiming. Maybe if we sue our own team, we can all end up owning it. Fine. That would be amazing. Give it to us, like Willy Wonka. <laughs> Just give it to a lucky fan and a golden fucking ticket. Right. How about that? Mike Miller getting his first Knicks win against the great Golden State team, one of the best teams of the past six, seven years. <laughs> right. What 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 the Knicks Instagram account called a must win, which is ridiculous. So, I mean, I don't like we could sit and dissect that game, Barry, but I don't know what the point is. We beat an equally shitty team. I don't know. Did you notice anything? Have you noticed anything in Mike Miller's offense or defense that really stands out uh, versus Fizdale? Or is it really not even where it's it's only been three games? Is it worth even discussing? Yeah, I, you know, it's tough to say how much of it is a, a literally like an extension of him. Uh, I mean, it came at the same time that the players had their, you know, players meeting that Marcus Morris no. started. So, you know, who the hell knows what it is? And, and and is it that much to be happy about? I mean, his no. second game in, they got blown out again. Uh, it looked like they were going to give this game away to Golden State. 
You know, it was crazy. Throughout that whole second half, you, you felt like the Knicks were going to lose that game. They were lucky to win it. I love how writers were, some writer said something like, um, you know, you, you, what happens when you fire Fizz, something like you fire Fizdale for, thir- for being blown out with 30 point losses. And then four days later, your new coach gets blown out by 30 points. It's yeah, not that, that we it. all it know. A, it was it's the not, two games. It's not the fucking coach. It wasn't Fizdale. It's not the coach. Mike Miller's not going to make a huge difference with this team. But Miller got his first win. There was a nice moment in the locker room. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it was nice. Let's take a listen to that. Family, Barry. Family. They just lost their yep, daddy family. like a week ago, and they're all celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're David celebrating who? with the new daddy. The new white daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- There's something I love about, like, dorky, middle-aged white men when they're getting, like, attacked in that locker room by their players. Then you love the, then you love the entire Knicks coaching staff. <laughs> I was looking at their coaching staff that, you know, is still in place, you know, all these guys. It's the same guys. And yeah, they don't look like basketball guys. None of them do. It's it's weird, you know? man. Even, maybe, even, even Steve maybe Judd Mills. Maybe Bushler and, back in the day. But. Even Steve Mills and Scott Perry. It drives yeah. me a little crazy. I mean, we've talked about how we want Steve Mills gone. Yes. He's got the most high profile job in the NBA, this guy. We're going to get to that later. Barry. Using a family recipe born in 1950s Brooklyn and perfected on the east end of Long Island, Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company promises to deliver you the finest and most delicious crumb cakes on the market. With flavors like classic crumb, blackout, salted caramel, and Brooklyn Joe, your taste buds will thank you, and they are available in two sizes online. The classic 8x8-inch size cakes or their world-famous crumpkins, which are crumb cakes in mini muffin form. So take a trip down Clarkson Avenue and crumb get some, Barry. Visit www.clarksonavcrumb.com. Use promo code HARDNICKSLIFE for 23% off your order. So, Barry, the Golden State game. We, we went up, We had a great first half. Yes. Uh, probably one of, our better ha- one of our better halves of the year. What the fuck does that tell uh, you against the worst team in the league? Um, did I dream, because, again, I was tired, but did I dream Kevin Knox, like, get up in, like, two consecutive defensive possessions, block the shit? Yeah. Out of a Golden State Warrior? No, did, did I see that right? see that right. Oh, that was wonderful. Have you been dreaming how poorly Nilakine has been playing lately? That Golden State game was probably his worst that I can remember because, yeah, he, awful passing. Again, you know, bad fouls, horrible decisions. He couldn't shoot the ball. It was just a all-in-all all, a horrible game for him. And then it forced him to play Peyton like the whole rest of the minute who could hardly stand up, you know, as soon as they got into overtime. He was like crouched over, like trying to gasp for air. I mean, one of the biggest things I think you're noticing with Miller is is who he's ending these games with. Yeah, and and he did clarify that in like one of the practice session um, press conferences or whatever, where you know he said it's going to be you know game to game. He's going to ro- essentially ride the hot hand, which I like, and that's what you want. You know, in a, in, a, in a game of of who's hot and who's not. You know, when some people have it and some people don't, and nobody's a clear cut favorite above the other guy that's what you have to do so you know I'm glad so far as far as like his rotations and who he's been playing and when I've been totally fine with 
And, you know, we couldn't say that about Fizdale. Well, I mean, that playing who's hot and who's playing well every game is exactly what you have to do. Like you said, when you have no, you have no star player on this team, there's no one yeah. that you, you just have to play, you know, and, and you trust that they're going to break out of however, even if they're playing poorly, you trust they'll break out of it. Like that's what they did with Melo when he was here. You know, he could be 0 for 15. You're still playing him that entire fourth quarter for the chance that he breaks out because he can blow up at any minute. The fact that Fizdale was playing Julius like Julius Randle, no matter how oh, bad Julius he was playing. Good. Yeah, but I mean, this last game he played very well. Yeah, he, he, I think I think he's helped with Alfred Payton being back, you know? Yes. So Fizz was fired, Barry. We haven't really talked about it. How are you feeling about that? Was that the right move at the right time? Are you happy with that if that's all the Knicks do this season? Okay, so this is a two-part question. Because first, you started off if I was happy with that. So <laughs> if it's all that they do, no, that can't be all that you do. You're not done. That's that's just the surface. You scratch all right, the surface. All right, let's start over. You, you got to pull I this made, thing I out, and it's too root. complicated. When it happened, were you happy? Uh I was. I was fine. It's funny. All you know, up to that day, or like a day or two before, I had, I had continually said, and I've said it on this podcast, that. I thought they should not fire him midseason. They should keep him till the end of the year. However, after those two blowout losses, I actually tweeted it the morning before that, that morning that he was fired. So before he was fired, I, and I said, you know, after giving it some thought, whether they wait till the end of the season or they do it midseason, if they do fire him midseason, it can't be any worse than having to watch him and this team finish out this season. You know, what, what, what bad could come of bringing on somebody new, whether it's an interim coach like Mike Miller or somebody else who's going to take Fisdale's place? Like, if my initial thought was I wanted some continuity on this team, but I mean, the way the season was going, no, just just end it, you know, kick him to the curb. It drives me crazy, and all of the it. fans, when Fisdale was like, oh, we're bitching about how we, d- we don't have continuity. And I understand Look, that it's important it, to have that t- during this rebuild, but. Not if it's clearly not working. You don't just... Continuity doesn't automatically fix things or make things better. So should we just keep going with Fizdale, Perry, and Mills? Because it's good to have continuity. I mean, it doesn't mean yeah. anything. No, that's the And problem. by the way, there was... Unless you thought Fizdale was going to turn this team around this season, there was no benefit to keeping him. The one no, great thing no, about I, getting rid of him is that Mills and Perry can't hide behind him next offseason. They can't be like, oh, you know what? Fizdale was the problem. So fire Fizdale at the end of the season, and then they have a whole other season. This this now pretty much guarantees, Barry, that Fizdale and Perry, not Fizdale, I mean Mills and maybe Perry, but definitely Mills, they've got the rest of the season at most to prove their worth. Absolutely. And just to tack on to what you were saying about continuity, there's a difference between patience and stupidity. And they've gotten to the point here where you know, you can only be patient so long and, and you and it's clear as day what's not working. And yeah, Fizdale was one. And, you know, people can say that he was a scapegoat and all of this. And and look, we'll we'll be the first to say that, yeah, he didn't have an ideal roster to work with. But no way did he prove his worth in any sense of the word. Um so he had to go and and yeah, and, and there's and there's no doubt about it. Mills has got to be next. And you had coaches like Greg Popovich, Rick Carlisle coming to Fizdale's defense. Well, look, they're a brotherhood, right? 
you know, they're going to stand by each other. They they know that they're lucky to have their jobs because it's a fragile job. That, that That's the business that it is. And by the way, Fizdale wasn't fired because he didn't create a playoff a playoff team out of this roster that everyone criticizes all the time. Right. He got fired because Nobody he didn't give us – he didn't do anything. Knicks fans, the organization, Dolan, whoever, Mills, Perry, they weren't asking for him to turn this team into a world beater or one of the best teams in the league. We're, right. we're looking for and more it, it than 17 wins in a fucking year. Is that too much to ask right. for? No. No, and, and, and you know, he wasn't fired only because he didn't produce wins, and he wasn't fired only because he played Knox at the 2-1 game, and he wasn't fired only because he sat Knox right before that, even though you're trying to develop the kid. He wasn't fired only because he got blown out back-to-back games by almost 40 points. He wasn't fired only because he was laughing in the third quarter during a timeout when they were down, said God forbid points. a man smiles, Barry. Oh, come on, Craig. <laughs> I don't need to see him smiling and like being joyful to Bobby Portis as he's running off the court as they're getting their asses handed to him. I don't care, you know, if this is a throwaway season or not. But 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 again, my point is that's not the only reason you're fired. But I mean, these are a lot of bad looks that start to pile on one on top of the other on top of the other. I'll tell you what I do like about Miller, and I don't really want to keep bashing on Fizdale, but just his energy is better than Fizdale. Fizdale was almost too... It doesn't help when you're losing every game and you're just so level about it. And it, 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 I know he cares deep down, but it almost looks like he doesn't. Mike Miller talks like a coach. He's excitable, you know. They beat the Warriors. He's excited about it. He In his, in his post-game and, and- sound, he's like... Speaking about everything every player who contributed did that game. What can you say about the veteran leadership that you got? I mean, the way that Marcus Morris played and then also the way that Alfred Payton played in overtime there. What did you see from those two? Well, uh, you know, I thought all through the game, Marcus was, he willed us to that. He made so many big plays and everybody knew, you know, we, we needed to just keep getting the ball to him. He was making the right plays. Julius made some great plays. You know, Alfred, that, that was his, uh, you know, stretching his minutes back up since his injury. Played very well. Um, made a lot of big plays for us. Um, RJ, I, I could go on down the line with how well Bobby Portis, what he brought to the table. Uh, Kevin Knox, those two huge plays he made defensively in the first half. That was, you know, they, they should feel good about that. That was a hard-fought win. It's exciting. Well, anything shiny and new is exciting. I'm not saying he's exciting. Okay. I'm saying he is excited. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he's right. far from exciting. Right. But there are no more scapegoats here, Barry. None. It's all, it's all on Mills right now. Ian Bagley is reporting that there's some people in the Knicks organization that are under the belief that Mills is done. He'll either be let go during the season or right after. Is there anybody on this planet that, you know, watches even an ounce of basketball that doesn't feel that way? Is that really reporting, like, breaking news? Doesn't Is there anybody that actually thinks Steve Mills is going to have a job at the start of next season? Other than Steve Mills, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you never know. He's been in this organization for so long. It would not shock me. I would if be he was shocked. Still here. I, I would be shocked. Even after his history with Dolan and and you know the different positions that he's held within this organization, 
I would be shocked if he is still president of basketball operations of the New York Knicks come next season. Have you been hearing any, all these rumors about the, you know, the Toronto GM? Is he a GM or president? Masai. President, right? I don't I'm know. fairly he, certain he's president. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> or uh, Sam Presti from OKC. Yeah. Any, listen, any of these guys would be amazing. These guys come with a resume, a polished resume. Dude, I was looking at Sam Presti's resume, and it's impressive. He's been with OKC since, like, 2007. Yep. Right, and when he got there, they had, like, they were a 20-win team. Yep. They haven't had a losing season since 2008, and that's incredible. And not just a losing season, every year, at, at a minimum, 45 wins. Yeah. Anywhere... 50 wins, 55 wins, 60, 59, 55. I know they had Durant for a while. They had Westbrook. They had James Harden. But a lot of these guys were there because he selected them. And he made a ton of great moves and trades in off seasons to keep that going, even in spite of a lot of player turnover. Masai from Toronto would be amazing. I think he would entirely change the culture. Sam Presti too, dude. I don't want to talk about these guys like we could get them because we probably won't get them, but those are the names you keep hearing. Presti, I feel like, is way more realistic than Masai. So I think I'm going to go all in on Presti right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, um, look, I know, like, yeah, all these, like you said, they're long shots, but it's like, you know, James Dolan's going to have to do something to get the Knicks fans optimistic again because... They always somehow seem to do it one way or another, whether it's with, you know, waving all this cap space in front of our eyes and us having this dream that we're going to land some free agents all of a sudden or, you know, or, or, or you know, convincing us that this young core is actually, you know, turning into, uh, you know, a, a great young core at that and is developing right in, between, you know, in front of our eyes, just something, you know, and, and now – like you said, when you know you feel like we really have, I don't know if you said this or not, that we've actually hit rock bottom or that you feel the worst you've ever felt, you know, about this team. He's got to do something, right? I feel that way. And I think Dolan probably feels that way. You know, when they hired, when he hired Phil Jackson, that was around when he was finally like, um, I, I, wanna, I don't want anything to do with the basketball operations. Phil Jackson is going to come in. He's going to take over. I'm going to have nothing to do with it. All right, when Phil started, when it wasn't working, and people have been talking about this lately, and then even with Mills now, like, yes, Dolan has most likely made his way back into bat making basketball decisions because the people he hired were doing an awful job. He had every intention of staying out of the way, but he can't. He, owners aren't going to stay out of the way when people they hired aren't doing a good job. Yeah, no, in the, but in I the feel end, like comes... at this, but dude, I feel like at this point, he's got to... He has to. He must realize that now... He must hire somebody where he can truly do that. Yeah, yeah, because in the end, it, it comes back to you because you're the, the one with the ultimate say. I mean, you sign the checks. You put these people in place. It has to be rock bottom for him, dude. He has to... I know that these guys like Messiah and Preston aren't going to come here if they if they feel like they're going to be interfered with by Dolan or with someone like Steve someone like Steve Mills. That was supposedly why David Griffin didn't come here. Right. Because he didn't want Mills to have anything to to do with the decision-making. He wanted to bring his own own entire new staff. Yeah. And Dolan was like, no, you got to keep all these guys that Mills has. Yeah, he was in... He was fuck in, that. Get everyone the fuck out of here. <laughs> Dolan, you better let Presti or whoever come in here, hire whoever they want. They want to get rid of Perry. They want to get rid of the entire coaching staff. 
Everyone in that fucking building, they want to get rid of the entire sales team. I don't give a shit. The guy who sells popcorn, the fucking cannon. Let them do whatever they want. Nobody you have in this entire organization. And Barry, I'm even talking, the entire fucking organization. Players, coaches, security, announcers, even Clyde Frazier. Nobody should be safe. <laughs> if, if, Fucking Sam Presley wants to come in here and remove everyone and bring everyone he has from OKC. Let him fucking do it. Right? Let's give them complete autonomy. It's what it's come to. Or we'll just get stuck with with a Steve Mills again or Scott Perry. God forbid. I saw, uh, I heard that if Steve Mills gets let go, Scott Perry will be running things for the rest of the year. That's fucking scary too. Scott Perry running the New York Knicks. Marcus Morris, dude. Yes. Multiple GMs are saying he can fetch the Knicks a first round pick. A lot of Knicks fans are saying, and by the way, these fans are fucking morons. (laughs) (laughs) That they wouldn't want to get a first round pick for Marcus Morris because they want Marcus Morris to remain a Nick. Marcus Morris wants to remain a Nick. Get the fuck out of here. Look, Marcus Morris is great. (laughs) Who wouldn't want him on your team? If, If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have been able to beat the fucking... Five and twenty-one Golden State Warriors last night. Is it have thirty-six points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the highest point total any Nick has gotten this season was thirty before he got that thirty-six. I love having him here. He's he's great for the team. I love him, and he's having he's his great. best season of his, his career right here. But I would trade him for the twenty-eighth pick in the fucking draft in a heartbeat. What is what what is wrong with fit Nick fans? What is wrong with us that if someone offered us a first-round pick for a guy that you signed for a, a year, one-year deal? What were you hoping was going to happen from this? <laughs> the guy's having a banner year, and these these fans are ready to fucking sign this dude to a long-term contract. And and, and Morris has had a history of having like these great first halves of the year, and then like kind of tailing off the second half of the year. So this is ideal for us. He's at his peak value. He's such an amazing addition to half the teams in this league. There's going to be a lot of interest in him. So if you can turn that around and get something for him, and then he's a free agent at the end of the year anyway. So, I mean, it's not unheard of, you know, the fact that maybe they can actually re-sign him after they trade him for a pick, you know, but regardless, get for him what you can. Now this team is so far away from being condemned a contender. So if you can roll him into a future prospect. That's the move. That's what that's what you that's what you want. That's what you would have hoped for. Dude, three, four years in a row now of us signing free agents in the hopes that they either work out and are going to be long-term parts of this team or that we could move them at the deadline. And every year we we sign players and and they're never good. They're not we can't get a first round pick for them. We can finally get a first round pick for somebody that is not going to be here next season. Yeah, it's still going to look. It's going to leave the Knicks still with, you know, Taj Gibson, who's still a great mentor and a great leader. You still got your vet, okay? It doesn't have to be all young guys if you don't want all young okay. guys. Is this really the argument you're going to go with, Barry? I mean, there's people out there that are going to say Taj Gibson. No, I'm Great, but I'm just saying, people are going to say, how can you trade him? You, you need some veteran presence on your team. You'll still have that, is all I'm saying. We don't need some veteran, but they, we don't need some fucking veteran presence on the team. We need a president and a GM and a whole new front office and a new coach. We need a fucking point guard. There's maybe like one and a half players in this roster that I don't want to lose. 
Everyone else can go. Okay, I got a question for you. Is there any scenario? I, and then I have a question for you because I almost tweeted about this, but I figured it would be better to pose it to you. All right, well, you, you hold on Give to me, it. Don't lose it, it. Is there any scenario? Is there any scenario that you can see yourself wanting Mike Miller to stay as the Knicks head coach for at least another year? So not only this entire season, but next season as well. Is there any scenario? Yeah. I think there is. I think if if we did hire like someone like Sam Presti, right? Right. And we decided we were going to go in the direction of we, we are truly finally doing – we're going to do a rebuild. I know we've been saying we've been doing one. We're going to continue on this rebuild. And, we, and Sam Presti believes that Mike Miller is going to be a great player development type coach. And for whatever reason, the rest of this year, we see development like we haven't seen under Fisdale with these, with these current players. Like, let's say we see massive growth from Kevin Knox. We see huge improvements from Mitchell. Okay, we see RJ, you know, get his game back. If, if he proved that these, if he really made a difference with these young players and next season... We're going to just have a couple new first round draft picks, a new lottery pick, and we're going with the youth and we're not trying to sign veterans to try and win now. I could see us sticking with Mike Miller. What about you? Yeah, I think ultimately. So, yeah, I think number one, something to that effect has to happen. And then secondly, you look at who he's up against. And if it's not one of your top two gets, then you stick with him. You don't just settle for somebody else because you know, they're next in line in the so-called, you know, NBA head coach right. field. You know, you've got him in place already. He's familiar with the team. He's been around the organization already. And he's done a competent enough job. And you can't get the star coach that you want? Yeah, you keep him in place. Why not? The thing is, for some reason, I can't, like, some of these names that get thrown around, like, you know, Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Yundi, Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, those are the names. Jason Kidd. I mean, maybe Jason Kidd. I could, I like, but those three, those other three names. I can't see them coming to. I can't see us hiring them to coach a bunch of young guys, you know, and to coach a team where the average age is like twenty two years old. Yeah, I mean, they're they're looking at you know Fizdale getting fired, and they're looking at okay, let, let me look at co you know Fizdale's coaching record. I mean, that's going to go on their resume ultimately, you know, really. To no avail. You know, you would have put any coach on this team. I don't care who the hell it was. Popovich, anybody on this Knicks team. You think all of a sudden they're going to be a winning team this season? No. It's going to bring down, the, you know, these coaches' overall record. That's going to, you know, you don't think that comes into, you know, into play a little bit? They don't want to be a part of a bunch of losers. Yeah, the New York market is one thing. But the Knicks franchise is something else. I have a question for you, Barry. Okay. If you could trade this entire roster, let's just say the 12, 12 guys, the top 12 guys yeah, for 12 first-round draft picks in this year's draft, you have to get rid of them all, and it's going to be 12 picks just scattered randomly. And I'm going to make this a little harder. Not Nobody in the top five, okay? No draft picks in the top five. If you could trade this entire roster for 12 first-round draft picks Top five protected, would you? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, you know what you have, or at least... I would. You would? Yes. Just <laughs> throw, this, throw these guys out, and you'll just take your chances. Now, there's one or two guys I like on this roster, right, and sure. it's not a knock on them. Sure. It's a stupid fucking question, to be honest. 
but there's just no one valuable enough that I just absolutely can't lose for the chance of creating a nice, balanced, young, talented roster that would be the pick of whatever president slash GM we bring in here versus someone else's picks from the past. Really? You don't think the way that, and I know that, you know, he came out of the gate a lot hotter than, you know, than he's been, um, you know, the last half of uh of this season so far but you're telling me you don't see an rj barrett just the way that he carries himself and the way that he just sees the game that he can turn into a real impactful player oh i do i love yes i love rj he's the one he's the one yeah he's the one i mean he's the one (laughs) (laughs) he's literally the one and i still love mitch right but yeah but mitch is like i need a little bit more facets to your game Yes, he's not that untradeable asset that we had last year. Where after last season, dude, people were talking about Anthony Davis acquiring Anthony Davis, but we were like, "There's no way we're giving up Mitchell Robinson for Anthony Davis." Right. And you look back on that now, and it should tell you. I, I feel stupid that we said things like that last year, and that should tell you like how how little Mitchell Robinson's game has evolved since last season. Right. That was stupid to say last year. But I thought Mitchell was on the, like literally on the verge of dominating. But these guys are not developing. I'm excited to see what Miller does the rest of the way with them. Yeah. Dude, are you ready for this weekend? What's this weekend? We got the White Elephant, our annual <laughs> White Elephant party. I mean, fuck, what do you want to talk about? The Kings game on Friday night? I, I don't know what you're have talking you, about. Have you bought your gift yet? Uh, yes. I haven't bought mine, but I know what mine is. I, I've had this gift in my head for like a month. Uh-huh. And it's basically, it's a gift I know I can get anytime, anywhere, in any store, pretty much. In any store? Almost anywhere. Very easy. Huh. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm just waiting to see if I can think of anything better. But this gift is incredible. Wait till you see it. Oh, great. I cannot wait. I hope you get it. All right. Me too. Is yours good? I don't want to say anything. <laughs> I don't want to give away anything. I don't want to say Let me ask you a question. What, is the, what are these new rules that... Um, Jordana's making us do because I don't think it's fair that you or anyone else might know some of the rules and I don't know what they are. Oh, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter with how you pick your gift. Um, no, but are these new rules related to like the last couple of years where I know she's been disappointed that people have been taking her gifts? I think it's, it just gives more people a chance to get the gift that they want. So I think in the years past, the way we did it was something like the person to get the gift that they want supposedly with these new rules, there's a lot of gift exchanging going on, like where you don't get stuck with the gift that you got. And there's like a lot of gifts changing hands multiple times. How does that happen? I don't remember. It sounded very complicated to me. <laughs> so I'm just glad that I'm not. So when are we going to go over? Are we going to have a vote on this? No, no, this it's in play. Get the fuck. That's the new rules what? are in play because I have rules that I want to bring. It doesn't up. matter because it's not just because Jordana uh, suggested these rules. It's because the host of the elephant party accepts them, accepts. But I didn't. Rules. But I didn't. But my new rules might be better. But you're I have still, some ideas. But you're still a guest at this house. Let me tell you. Well, OK, so I just have to go to the host. You're That's a true. guest. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So if I come up with better rules, is that going to be a problem that night? I think that uh, I think there might be some. No, I think you should be arguments. able to. I think you should be able to. Because my rule, and I don't know if Knicks fans care, but who cares, is, and I think I brought this up last year, was that- Wait, maybe people don't know what a white elephant party is. I didn't know what it was until we started okay, doing it. Okay, white elephant show. party. You, everybody 
buys it brings a gift under a certain value everyone picks a number out of a hat uh, you basically pick the number and that's the order you select gifts in you know you pick from a pile of gifts and you can either choose to pick a gift from the pile or steal someone else's gift right right that, that they've right. already picked yeah. right so i had this idea last year i don't know if you remember where i thought it'd be more fun if you could you could steal someone's gift right but you can't just steal it you have to challenge them to a competition of some sort is it always the same uh, type of competition or it's the competition of your choice no so we would we could either have a wheel some sort of wheel that we would spin it could be like six different competitions you know it could be a trivia competition it could be rock paper scissor you know a, an arm wrestling match it could be like a dance contest and and everyone votes on who was the best dancer and you have to win the, you have to win the battle to, to be able to steal the person's gifts it adds a level of competition to the night um maybe we could do a flip cup you could do some sort of like quarters game you know competition look I think and, you're 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 adding too much, you know. It's already so making like the these... gift giving part is supposed to be what's different and what's fun. Now you're adding like a whole other element to this whole thing. Well, what I think is fun is taking someone's gift that they really want, <laughs> and it sounds like <laughs> these new rules are going to ruin the entire game. I for think me you should talk to your nothing you should I talk to your therapist more. that that's what you love more than anything else. That's important. Write this down. And tell your therapist, you know, it occurred to me, I, when, you know, I love, not so much that I want that gift, but I know that person really wants it and I want to take it from them. And I love when someone else takes a gift from someone else and I'm watching that. I love that too. <laughs> You're fucked up. I just sit there like enjoying every second of it. And it's also great when you have a really shitty gift. And you're taking someone's amazing gift, and they're left with, like, like a fucking dog calendar. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. It's a hard Nick's life. That's right. Barry, by the way, congratulations to him. He had nothing on his whiteboard tonight, and he made it through the whole show. That's right. I had nothing. I'm over. I have, nothing. I've, got, I've got season three, episode 17, and I have Nick's record is 5 and 20. <laughs> that's what I got. All right, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Hard Next Life. Follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. You can call us at 516-33-MESH-1. All right, guys, subscribe to our fucking show. Try to stay awake for these games. Barry, any closing words of advice for how fans could maybe stay awake against Sacramento? It's Friday night. Uh, Red Bull. That usually works for me. Yeah. Um Okay, here you go. Here's a move because it is going into the weekend. So you DVR the game, watch as much or as little of it as you want Friday night, and then just wake up early Saturday morning, a little extra early than you normally do before the family, you know, is waking up, and, and watch the game Saturday morning, remote in hand, being able to fast forward through the commercials, which I always love. I mean, to come do. on, Barry. Nobody's doing that. Sure they are. Are you kidding me? No. Come on. No, you're going to go to sleep. Do- you're not going to see the score anyway because you're going to bed. Get out of here. You wake up you, and you do it. I watch games in the morning, sure. Especially if it's Without knowing if they won? Usually, yeah. If, if, if I'm watching first thing in the morning, come on. I don't believe that. You got to take to Twitter right away. can really go a whole night without knowing what happened. If you're going to bed, obviously you don't know what happened. Then you wake up in the morning. You don't have to go right to Twitter. You, 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 you turn on the TV and you go to your DVR and you watch the game. And that's it. What kind of life do you and, live and, and Craig, you to, these how games... How are you able to do that? Listen, You're able to do that with your kids? Listen. I literally can't take a shit without my kids getting on my lap 
You can wake up in the morning and watch a Knicks game. Look, if you're watching these games right now during this season. Why aren't you answering my question? You're able to do that with your kids? They know daddy watches the Knicks. They think daddy likes the Knicks more than I like them. They've said this. But if you if you love this team so much, you're watching all these games still, and you know that they're meaningless. It doesn't even matter if you know the score at the end of the game anyway, because you're gonna watch anyway. Barry, if I if I record the Kings game tomorrow and I fall asleep in the fir first quarter and I, and they lo lost by 45, I find out they lost by 45. It's done. Game, I'm not you're not turning. You're, you're not turning it on. No. <laughs> all right, dude. That's it, guys, gals. It's a hard Knicks life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.